runner's name is Derek Redmond. I know somebody's cutting onions in here, right? Uh, in the 1988 Summer Olympics, uh, he was running and he blew out his hamstring. And that was 1988. Eight surgeries later, he was ready for the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. And he, uh, 250 meters from the end, that's what happened. He blew out his hamstring again. Crushed, just heartbroken. And uh, he uh, was, he got up and he, he tried to, to hobble along to the finish line. He was going to finish that race. And the man who came out of the stands was his father. It was his dad. When I think about a father's compassionate love, this is the first thing that comes to mind. The love of a compassionate father. Uh, a father who sees that his child is in need. A father who sees that his child is, is desperate and, in, and is hurting and is in pain and is in need and will do <laughs> whatever it takes to come to the rescue of his child. That's the compassionate heart of a father. And, and that's what his dad did for him. He climbed out of the stands, runs to his son, picks him up and helps him cross that finish line. This morning we're going to talk about the Father's heart. And we're going to talk about uh, God's heart for us and the model that he sets for us um, in our lives. We're, we're going to talk about um, what it means to be a dad. It's Father's Day. And, and I want to, I as a dad, I want to be a dad like, like that. I want to be a, a compassionate dad uh, to my son. I want to be a compassionate dad uh, to Jonathan because he means the world to me. And, and I know that if I want to be a compassionate dad, I've got to be like God because the Bible tells me that God is a compassionate father. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is the compassion of the father's heart. And dads, I want to challenge you today. I, this is not meant to put you down or put us down, I should say. I'm in the same boat. Uh, it's not meant to put us down. It's, not meant, it's, it's meant to encourage and challenge us. So I want to talk to the dads today, uh, and myself included, that we would be challenged to be compassionate fathers like our Heavenly Father. You know, I think it's the relationship between a, a dad and a child, uh, whether son or daughter, is a very difficult relationship. It's hard to be a dad. I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's the, probably the hardest thing uh, that I do in my life is trying to be a good dad to my boy. And I want to be a good, loving, compassionate father to him. And it's hard. And, and I think I know why. I think the reason why is men tend to be more uh, task-oriented. Uh, we tend to be job-oriented. And it's like, okay, here's my job. I do my job, and then I'm done. But see, children are not tasks. Men are task-oriented. Children are not tasks to be completed. Children are not projects to be completed. Rather, they are gifts from God to be enjoyed, nurtured, and loved. Children are not jobs to be completed. They're not projects to be completed. They are gifts from God to be enjoyed, nurtured, and loved. And that's hard for me. And if you guys, if you have kids, if you're anything like me, you know that it is, it is hard. And maybe you're sitting there going, man, that 
You know, I, I felt like a project when I was a kid. I felt like I was my dad's project, and, or I felt like it was my dad's job or his obligation, and I didn't feel in, you know, like he enjoyed me or that he was nurturing or loving. And, and guys, this is the challenge for us as dads is to uh, enjoy our children uh, and to love them, to nurture them, um, and that's not always easy for us. But if we want to be like God, if we want to be like our Heavenly Father, if we want to have the Father's heart, then this is what we're called to do. This is the kind of love that we are to have for our kids. It is a compassionate love. And so this morning we're going to talk about God's heart for us, the Father's heart. Uh, and we're going to look at Psalm 103. Uh, this is a great Psalm of David. And if you've got your Bible, turn to Psalm 103. If you didn't bring one, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It looks like this. And it's on page 428 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. And we're going to look at Psalm 103 uh, as we talk about God's compassion, the Father's heart. And, and this is so important. And again, this isn't, isn't meant to put guys down. It's not meant to, to uh, make you feel bad. It's, it's meant to encourage you because uh, being a dad is hard. But if we will make our goal to be like our Heavenly Father then I think that we're going to have more peace in our homes. We're going to have, our, our children are going to uh, look up to us more. And, and really, that's, as, a, as a dad, that's what I want, is I want my son to look up to me. I want him to look at me and go, you know, that's my dad, you know. And, 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 and we're going to talk about that today. So Psalm 103 is where we're at. And we're going to look uh, at the first five verses. We're going to read through it. All together, but I want to look at the first five verses as we start. And we're going to specifically focus on two verses in just a little bit. So Psalm 103, it's a Psalm of David. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles we see a word in there this this first part of the psalm describes god's attributes and what he does there's five things that he does he forgives our sins he heals our diseases he redeems our lives he crowns us with love and compassion and that idea of crowning someone is an idea of blessing someone and god blesses us as our heavenly father he blesses us with love and compassion the word there for love is a word, it's kind of a merciful love, and, and it's a love of the will. It's a love, that, uh, a love of choice that God chooses to have mercy on us. He chooses to be loving toward us. So we have this love, and then we have compassion. And we're going to talk about that in specifically in just a, a few minutes uh, when we talk about this idea of compassion in the Father's heart. Um, but before we do that, I want to keep on reading uh, and, and look at verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. There's the second time we see that word for compassion. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Amen to that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. 
as a father has compassion, third time, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Now, in a little bit, we're going to focus on those two two verses, verses 13 and 14. But I, I see in this passage here that we have this love from God, this compassionate love from God. Like I said, the one word for love is a word that means mercy. It's a, a covenant love. It's a, a, a covenant that God enters into with his people. It is a, a, a love that he chooses to have on us. And then compassion is more of a love that is a, an emotional love. And like I said, we're going to get into that in just a second. But uh, we see that God is, is, is good to us and he does not treat us as our sins deserve. I know my sins deserve much worse than what I get Uh, but God is merciful he does not treat us as our sins deserve he does not repay us according to our iniquities to the wickedness and the sins and the evil that we do in this world God does not repay us as he should rather he is merciful because he loves us and then we're going to finish up with verses 19 through 22 the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. And then David closed by making it very personal. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul. And he ends this psalm with this expression of praise to God for who God is and what God has done. And he calls all of creation to worship the Lord and to praise the Lord. And then he, like I said, he ends it with a very personal, me, I want to praise the Lord. So I want to backtrack to verses 13 and 14. And these, probably my two favorite verses in the entire passage. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed He remembers that we are dust. In verses, uh, in Exodus chapter 34, Moses has gone back up on the mountain. He broke the tablets that the Ten Commandments were on. He broke them when he saw the people uh, worshiping the, the golden calf. And so he goes back up to the mountain to receive another set of tablets. And it says, uh, in Exodus 34, 4 through 7. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. We see that God proclaims his name, his very name, to be compassion. God's very name is compassionate love. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate one. It is the Hebrew word rachum. And this Hebrew word literally means womb or bowels. 
It is closely related to the Greek word that we use in the New Testament for compassion, the word splagna. And this word splagna means intestines or guts. It's this gut reaction right here to someone who is in need. This word is used of Jesus four times in the book of Matthew. I want to share these with you. It says, uh, Matthew 9, 36, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had splagna on them. He hurt for them right here. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, Matthew 14, 14, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. And then Matthew 20, 34 says, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. So we see that Jesus has this kind of compassionate love for people, this same love that God has for his children, that God has this compassionate love for us, that when he sees, and it, it's a word that, that means, uh, like I said, it means bowels, but it's to hurt in your insides, in your innards, when you see somebody in need, like the father who watches his son uh, tear his hamstring once again, and his heart just breaks, and he hurts so much that he has no other option but to run out of the stands and pick his son up and carry him the rest of the way. This is God's love for his children. This is God's love for us. It's wonderfully illustrated in the story of the prodigal son. In, Matthew chapter, in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says, while he was still a long way off, this is the prodigal son returning home, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is the idea of this is the father who sees his son. His son was a total mess up, and he knew his son. He squandered all of his inheritance. He knew his son was going to mess up, and yet he still looked for him every day. And when he saw him coming, he runs to him filled with compassion. He sees his son uh, harried and helpless and ragged, and, and, and his his stomach hurts. His intestines are bound up. He is hurting for his son. This is the love of God for his children. That when he sees you and when he sees me, he hurts when he knows that we're in need. And our greatest need is, a, is this spiritual need that we have. This spiritual need that we are so lost and hopeless and helpless in our sins. Yet God chooses to forgive them. By His grace. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus who died on the cross for your sins and you believe in Him and repent from your sins and confess your faith and get baptized, God washes away your sins. And this is a result of His compassionate, gracious, merciful love that He has for all of us. And why does He feel this way about us? Why does God choose to, to have this mercy on us? And, and why does he have this compassion on us? Like I said, compassion, this word rachum, is not just a word uh, that means a, a, a choosing to love somebody. It is an emotional response to somebody who is in dire need. And you look at verse 14. He says, David writes, he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. In other words, God looks at us and he understands. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our struggles. He understands our failures and our fears. 
He knows that we are weak. He knows that we struggle. He understands that we sin. It doesn't excuse it. Okay, it doesn't excuse sin. It doesn't make it okay to just do whatever you want. But God understands that we are weak. And in our weakness, he looks at us and says, I have compassion for you. I love you. And I am moved. And it hurts me. It hurts me to see you hurting. It hurts me to see you struggle. It hurts me to see you in pain. This is the compassionate love of God that he has for every single one of us. For all of his children, this is the compassionate love of God that causes the father to run to his children, that causes the father to to run to his son and throw his arms around him and welcome him back home. This is the kind of love that God as father has for us. And guys... If we want to be a father like God, this is the kind of love that we need to have for our children. We need to remember that they are dust. We need to remember how they are formed, that they are weak, and that they are frail, that our children have faults, that they're not perfect. You're not the perfect father. They're not the perfect child. But we can love them with a love like the Father has for us. And how can we do that? I think there's some ways that we need to, as fathers, that we need to treat people and that we need to treat our children. We need to treat our our wives and our spouses. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We need to teach our children. We do not need to exasperate them, but we need to love them and nurture them. And you may say, well, I'm a guy. I don't do that. It's no excuse. Our Heavenly Father does this. And He is our example of the kind of love we are to have for our kids. So remember how they are formed. Remember that they are dust. They're not going to have it all together. Your children are not little adults, with those of you with little guys and little girls, like I have, my little guy. And that's hard for me to remember sometimes that he's not a little adult, especially when he acts like one sometimes. I need to remember my own son is a child. He's a little guy. He needs me to be compassionate to him. You know, it's, um, I I, I get frustrated easily. Uh, I get tense easily there was a time we were uh, at a hobby store when we when he was real little uh when he was fascinated by trains and i mean just fascinated by loved trains thomas the train all right and so we're getting ready to leave the store and we said okay it's time to go it may have been two and a half three years old it's time to go and melt down how many of your kids have ever had a meltdown This was a Code 5 level red meltdown because he didn't have this train at home and he was playing with it in the store. And I mean, and, and I just remember blowing it as a dad. Standing there just, 
I, I have issues with the clock, okay? And so I, I, I'm always on a schedule. And it's like we have somewhere to go. We have somewhere to be. And it's not here in the middle of the store with you throwing this tantrum. And I remember my wife getting down on the floor with him and just holding him. And I was so jealous and I was so uh, convicted that he is not a project to be completed. He is a child and a gift from God that needs to be loved. And that has stuck with me for almost seven, eight years now. That's the kind of love and compassion I want to show to my own son. I want to teach him in in the ways of the Lord. I want to teach him to grow up and love Jesus. That's my prayer for him constantly, that he would grow up to love Jesus with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I want to raise him up to know the Lord. I want to raise him up to be a man of God. I want to do a better job of loving my wife so that he has a good example of what loving your wife looks like. I want to show him a compassionate love like God has shown me so that he will have a good example of what a dad looks like. So that he will show that compassion to, to his children when he gets older, Lord willing. And, and so guys, if, if we'll do this, if we will love our children with the compassionate love of God, if we will love them with this intense, almost painful love, that if we will remember that they are how they are formed, and if we will remember that they are they're just dust like we are, if we will remember to have the kind of love that God has for us, we will have a better relationship with our kids. I don't know a dad who doesn't want a better relationship with his kids. We'll have better relationships with our kids. We'll have a better relationships in our families. We'll have more peace in our homes. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be Father's no, Knows Best, Ozzy and Harriet kind of thing. But it can be better. And we can make it better if we will remember the kind of love that God has for us, that compassionate love for our children. The kind of love that makes you run to your child, throw your arms around him and say, let's do this together. We can keep running this race. We can make it. And if we will do that, we will have the Father's heart. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I I thank you for your compassion, for your mercy and your grace, your love and forgiveness, but God, for this compassion where your heart breaks for ours, your heart breaks for our world, your heart breaks for our family, your heart breaks for our broken hearts. And you feel that, God. And you understand just how weak and frail we are. Thank you for not treating us as our sins deserve. Thank you for forgiving them by your grace through Jesus. And now we pray that, Lord, today you would help us guys to be the dads like you. Help us to be dads like you so that we can show love and compassion and grace to our children. So we pray these things and ask them in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.